Welcome to the Leadership in Yoga podcast hosted by me, Shauna Kruger. And on this podcast, I'll be bringing you interviews with exceptional leaders in the yoga world alongside trainings and tips so you can experience true breakthroughs and help others do the same. Leadership in Yoga. It is a solo episode Friday, and it actually is Friday right now. I am quite literally recording this at 9 p.m. on a Friday night. So judge me for being antisocial, but you know, when you have a passion, you have a passion. And I promise you that I'm excited to spend this next 40 or however many minutes it is together. So I just finished teaching a yoga class, actually. I teach Rocket on Fridays, and today was a super packed class. It was probably, well, it was over 20-something people, and I feel so energized after teaching, but I've never recorded a podcast after doing so, and so this is going to be kind of a fun experiment for me because, yes, I just led a 75-minute class, and you might think that I'm absolutely crazy for wanting to keep talking and wanting to keep creating, but teaching fills me with an odd energy. I think before, it's almost like an energy drain because I'm thinking about what I want the class to be like, how I want the class to land. I'm looking at the music because I'm really big into making sure that the music is going to be something that resonates with the style and the pacing of what I'm wanting to bring. And so all of those details are being worked out before, but then the minute that I step on the mat, it's like, poof, it's just, it's all gone. And it's honestly felt like that since day one teaching for me. I used to bring like a little black book of notes and just as kind of like a comfort blanket, honestly, and I would set it right by my mat, but I never opened it. I have never opened up my notes during class and nothing wrong. I I mean, if you do, I just, I think it's fascinating that for me, the nerves and the energy drain is absolutely before it's, it's not during. And so afterwards I have this kind of like hyper crazy energy, especially on a day like today where it's a super challenging class, super sweaty class, and everybody just leaves like 10 times more energized than when they came in. And that's what I love to do. And so I had this really creative itch. I will call it a creative itch um, or urge, you could say, maybe sounds a little better. But I was almost going to give it to Instagram. You know, I was going to be like, I'll just create a reel or something. But I think there is a really big risk with giving your creative urge to Instagram. And here's why. I think because it really punishes you or sometimes rewards you for that creative urge, but I think it's really unfair. And even in between platforms, you'll notice something like, and this is a superficial example, right? But posting the same video on YouTube shorts, it might do phenomenal. And you post it on reels in an oversaturated market where everybody wants to express and not as many people want to consume anymore, which makes sense, right? You get really, it's like you give all of that creative energy away and then you're not really left with any energy to go and actually create something bigger. And so anyways, I decided to give my creative urge to the podcast and I've been trying more and more to give the creative urge to writing or to creating or working on any form of my project that requires my imagination to run wild. And honestly, while we're on this subject, this is a long introduction to what I'm actually going to be talking about today, but 
while we're on the subject, it's my genuine hope that podcasts will become the most popular content of the future instead of videos, because here's why it's, it's nice to be accompanied by some form of entertainment or knowledge, perhaps inspiration. And at the same time, you can still be doing what it is that you're doing in your daily life without having to be staring at a screen um, with your head forward and creating bad posture habits and hurting your eyes when your eyes probably need a break from computer work, right? And I also think that the dopamine addiction is just very, very strong with audiovisual content. And I don't get that same feeling. When I listen to a podcast, I get the feeling like I've just been chatting with a friend for an hour. And that's a really positive feeling for me. It really fills me up. And so, I mean, there's lots of different things you can do. I'm not suggesting that we get rid of Instagram. You'll probably see me posting tomorrow on Instagram. But I've also heard and been curious about, so let me know if you've ever tried this out, that you can turn your phone on black and white mode. And so without the colors, supposedly it's really harder for you to fall into that kind of addiction to continuously viewing the audiovisual content because all you're really getting then is um, a very bland version plus the actual words and the actual content behind it. So in general, I mean, I've been feeling kind of an Instagram ick and I, I laugh at that word. I've just started using that word without noticing that I'm doing it, but it makes me feel young. It makes me feel really young when I say that, but I, I'm having an Instagram ick. It's like every time I open, I'm like so uninspired by it, to be honest with you. So anywho, what I want to be talking about is actually the exact opposite. Today, I'm going to talk about devotion. And before you get freaked out, um, we're going we're gonna to talk about like what exact type of devotion I mean. And I think this is really important, not only for the concept of having a yoga practice, but every single thing that we do in life. And so what we're going to be getting into to kind of give you an overview, a little agenda is we're first of all going to talk about what it exactly is and look into whether or not we all have devotion. We'll also look into whether or not it's always a good thing. It can be maybe a bad thing or where where does it land for us. We'll talk too about how, how you can actually inspire yourself through devotion. We'll also talk about how it can help you find success and how it can lead to powerful downloads. I'm also going to tell you the quite interesting and kind of odd story of the first and only time that I've passed out during a breath hold, which I don't recommend by the way, but I'm going to tell you the story. And I'm also going to tell you how all of my ideas for my upcoming retreat in Rio Chiripo, Costa Rica downloaded into my mind while I was taking time off and I was on the island of Madeira, um, which I'm very excited by the way. I'm leaving for the retreat in three days, three days at this point, it's really, really about to get real. And I think too, it just so that you know where I'm at right now, as I'm recording this podcast, another little intermission, it has been so much hard work. After I got back from taking a month off of work, um, I did still work a little bit, but all from my phone. And so I really procrastinated everything that I could until I got back to have my computer because efficiency on your computer is just, it's mind blowing. It's 
such a crazy tool. But I worked probably 13 hours on the first day that I got back. And I'm telling you this because, yes, um, I'm on here all the time talking about balance and I'm talking about having my own business and all of these things. But yes, you will. There are sacrifices, right? You will work so hard. And sometimes I joke and say that when I'm not careful about it, it's like I quit my nine to five job so that I can work 24 hours a day mentally processing all of the different problems that I'm trying to solve at any given moment. And so that's the real true test of your mental stability and your ability to de-stress is not going to the nine to five and then coming home and trying to shut it off because it's someone else's business. But it's like having that, having your life, your being, like my body, my, my literal body is my business. And so it's such a crazy crazy experience, but I love working hard and working hard is not at all the problem. Working hard is not actually hard. Like when you're in the groove, wouldn't you agree that when you're in the groove and you're just on a roll and everything's flowing and you're accomplishing things and you're, you're just feeling, you're just feeling good about it, even though it's like, maybe it's a kind of an annoying task, but you can see your progress and you're, you're just going along. That feels good. What feels terrible is feeling and getting to that place where you're so stressed and at the same time you feel too lazy to even move. That feels absolutely terrible. And so I'm glad and I'm grateful that the when I came back that I didn't hit really, I couldn't, I really could not hit one of those slumps because I had a two-week turnaround to get everything ready to go to on the retreat and also to get the guided journal printed. And so this is like hot off the press. I mean, I'm in holding in my hands right now the first paper copy of essentially a book that I have written. And I wrote it with Katie, who I talk about in pretty much all of my episodes, but Katie is also hosting this upcoming retreat with me. And we are very excited right now. We do not have them available for sale, although we are cre creating already a list of pre-orders because folks are curious about receiving them. We only have copies printed of this first edition for our retreat attendees. So those are the folks who are going to get them first, but stay tuned because it's called the ritual of writing and basically um, understanding your deeper nature through the practice of daily writing. And it integrates not only yoga, but everything that we've lived. And so there's stories that we're telling, like really personal stories, and then we're connecting those to larger lessons. And the entire month is then themed around that through affirmations and journal prompts. And there's a space for every single day to really get you in the habit of getting the words down. Because in, in, a, in a sense, really writing is such a tangible experience of mindfulness that that we can bring into our day every single day without needing to go anywhere without needing to really use physical um, energy and it can really recharge us all the same so that's where I'm at right now I've been working very very hard and I'm right now on the home stretch of 
writing the handwritten notes for all my retreat attendees. And I can say this now, I've probably shared it in the past, but by the time this episode launches, I will be in the mid swing of teaching at the retreat and offline. But one of my favorite things to do for folks right away is go through the pre-retreat survey and really honestly read what people wrote and reflect and write them a message that number one just says, I'm glad that you're here because there is nothing worse than feeling unwanted in a space. And this is something that I try really hard in my classes as well to pull through and to go and introduce myself. If I don't know someone, if I don't remember their name, I'll ask again and admit that I don't remember it. And just to make people feel welcome because the number of times that I've felt so uncomfortable in my life, because I don't, I honestly don't consider myself a naturally extroverted person. I feel like now perhaps I am more so, but in general, there's been a lot of situations in my life where I've been afraid to talk to the cool kids or the big kids because I was never made to feel like my my presence um, was accepted or welcomed. And so that is one of my great joys is to not only make people feel welcome, but also to reiterate what they have shared and validate that because it helps me as well because then I'm I'm really retaining what it is that folks are wanting to get out of the retreat. But on top of that, it also makes people feel heard and feeling heard is maybe one of the sweetest things that you can hear in any language in the world. So that's where I'm at. But now I'm here with you in the podcast to talk about devotion. So this whole podcast actually stems from something that I read about the difference between devotion and worship, because I've always kind of avoided using the word devotion just because it has almost a religious connotation to it. And once I understood this difference, I, I understand now that devotion is a lot of what I'm talking about when I talk about discipline or sort of a determination. It's more of devotion. And so the main difference at least in the Gene Keys, which is where I was reading this, between devotion and worship is that devotion is a sense of oneness with the thing. It's feeling connection with the object of the devotion or the person that you are devoted to. And worship is separate. It's viewing yourself as separate and often lesser or insignificant in comparison to the thing that you are worshiping. Does that make sense? So in devotion, it's a grand admiration and a feeling of awe that brings you closer and if not a unifying sort of energy between you and something else. And worship is looking up at something or feeling almost maybe even obligated to 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 act in devotion but not out of the sense of connection out of a sense of feeling lesser and so I'm gonna pull a, a page from Danny Schultz Danny Schultz is one of my she has one of my favorite podcasts it's called Viene Iva and it's in Spanish so to all of my friends learning Spanish out there it's a great one or if you speak Spanish already I can't recommend it more highly 
but she always pulls the actual definition for words online. And I thought that's, it's so funny because I, I never think to do that. I usually pull definitions from things that I'm reading, but I like to hear just the Google answer for it, right? And so if you Google devotion, it comes up with love, loyalty, or enthusiasm for a person, activity, or cause. And I think that the fact that love is included right at the beginning and also loyalty, the sense of commitment and enthusiasm, which is the feeling, the spark of, of inspiration, of magic that this object, this person, or this idea brings us when we are devoted to it. And I, I think it's genius. I think it covers it really, really nicely. And so when I was in Europe, one of the strongest themes that I actually journaled about was devotion. And so it first started because when we were in Spain, I was going to all of these different soccer stadiums, not because I would ever, ever go there alone, but because I was with my husband and with his best friend and they have always watched these games from South America, right? Venezuela growing up and just really had such a passion and like it was such a big part of their life, honestly, watching these games that to visit the physical space of it and to walk where the players have walked and to sit in the stadium where the fans have been yelling and screaming, it's magical, right? And it's something that I can so easily understand and feel even though I've never watched a game like I don't think I have ever watched an entire soccer game on TV at least in my entire life ever and so going to these stadiums they're entirely empty on top of that they don't even have grass down or I don't know if that's what it's actually called turf but they don't even have any of the green on the field like it's actually all taken down when it's not near game day and so you literally go into this empty stadium and stare down at ugly floor that's like concrete and wood pieces. And yet people would just sit in the bleachers and lots of people were doing this. They were just sitting there and just staring, you know, just breathing there, just feeling, just being in a place that I guess, you know, they've always dreamed of being. And it was really cool to watch, to be honest with you, because I was thinking like, wow, you know, what a thing, like what a beautiful thing it is to have so much passion for something that even just going to the physical space when it's not even the season, it's not even the time, you know, you're, you're literally there alone. And yet being there, it means something to you and it makes you feel something and it moves you. And that is some purely devoted fans if you ask me and so I saw two different stadiums like that in Madrid and in Barcelona and the one in Barcelona was even crazier because the whole stadium is basically like the field is all torn down right now and yet you know of course people are going up and taking photos of just the space of themselves being in the space where the stadium was you know we went into lots of churches which I feel like there can be devotion. There can be both devotion and worship, of course. There's definitely worship happening in the churches, but still, I, I, I didn't sense it as much because a lot of the tourism 
in the churches was people there to basically take photos of of architecture right um I didn't get the same feeling as I did in the stadium which is very very interesting I also went to quite a few different Mysores in different countries and so if you're not familiar just really quickly Mysore is a form of practice um self-guided practice in the Ashtanga tradition and there I I did feel the sense of devotion because especially in Rome I went to this really really awesome Mysore in Rome it was right by the Colosseum and it was a big room of people it was by far the most traditional intense Mysore that I have ever experienced in my life I don't think I had actually experienced one like that I guess how maybe they were traditionally I don't I don't know because I consider myself much more of a, a progressive practitioner but I, I went to this Mysore and it's this big room of I don't know 40 maybe 40 people and everybody's just on point focused in their practice I got there I don't know maybe 15 minutes late because you can show up whenever you want to and it was already packed and people just kept rolling in even after I arrived. And they had learned all of the moves in the sequences, right? You know, hundreds of postures to the T. And I was really doing my best. I have, a, I would say, a, a really good knowledge of the sequence of primary and uh, quite a bit of second series. But the smallest little details, all of the, the teachers who were there, we're coming around and I've never experienced this before. They'll just look at me and say, no. <laughs> and there's a language barrier, of course, too. So they'll say, no, and then just grab my foot and just move it in a different direction. And even if it was like subtle, I could just tell that they were like, oh, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, that's so, that's not the way, you know? And so their like devotion and their, their love for it is to the whole the whole thing symbolically right the entire ritual for them is sacred and I really admired that and I don't think that it changed my mind about the way that I do practice and I don't think that I would necessarily want to practice in that environment every single day but what I will tell you is that for the first time for example I touched my toes with my hands in Kapotasana, which is a really intense uh, backbend. And I didn't know that I could do that. And I don't think that I would have trusted a teacher to lead me into something like that if I wouldn't have seen like the level of comfort that they have around the posture and the um, some of the, the ones that I wasn't able to do, you know, according to their standards. But then to have them show me how to do this particular pose in a new way that no one has ever, you know, I've never had the opportunity to learn from someone was quite magical and quite powerful. And it's really cool that you can go all the way around the world and have these language barriers. And I had it in Germany as well. It's pretty funny. But at the same time, you're you're still able to share with them in that love and that loyalty perhaps mean not as much as them to the tradition and but definitely the enthusiasm for the art of the practice and so when it comes to devotion and yoga 
I think this is an interesting question because I have questioned myself many times whether or not I am sufficiently devoted enough to yoga. But I think any way that you do it, you're going to be drawing a line because where do you where do you stop right especially in terms of the modern lifestyle i don't i don't want to get too much into the weeds here but just in talking about whether or not devotion to something is always a good thing i think a lot of times it does bring us a lot of benefits but it also has drawbacks if we let it be extremely limiting and restrictive to us and so i have the belief that somewhere deep down at kind of like a gut level we know what feels restrictive to our soul and what feels like a routine or a ritual that pushes us to grow or helps us understand life better I think that we really do know even if we say that we don't know but we can be the judges of what we're doing we are in control and we don't need to arrive at that level of worship where we're feeling inferior to the practice or to other practitioners if we're not following it in the way that they are because it is all being interpreted and it always will be an interpretation because humans are not robots so we're always interpreting and I think that deep down what we really have to be able to do and we are able to do um, the more that we work at it especially is tap into that intuition of what gives my soul energy what gives my body energy and what saps my energy what saps my soul's fire because there are things that are so limiting and so restrictive that do arrive at that level that's too rigid, too much. But on the other side of the spectrum, there's intensity, there's pieces of the fire that push us and essentially evolve us into something more that we really had no idea that we would, that we could do or that we could be. I think a good way to look at whether or not uh, devotion is able to give us inspiration is just noticing and and thinking of examples in your own life of the fact that you're so much more inspired by that which you have personal interest in you're inspired by that which you follow religiously and I don't I don't mean that in the religion sense I mean that you follow every single day so for example if I told you that you could go to dinner tomorrow with anyone and you could choose, I don't know, an artist, someone famous, someone of interest to you, whoever you wanted to choose. Like put that person in mind, just just pick someone. And then imagine, you know, you go to a friend, ask them the same exact question. They're probably going to come up with a different answer And I guarantee you that neither of you are going to want to trade because the person that you picked, you have a vested interest in, you have invested part of yourself in that person and their teachings. I almost guarantee it. I mean, even if it's just like you want to go, you want to go have dinner with Bad Bunny, right? I would love to have dinner with Bad Bunny because why? Because I've spent hours and hours listening to his music. It's helped been a part of my journey for learning Spanish He is 
of major power and influence and is of curiosity to me, right? If I told probably my parents, well, they know who Bad Bunny is, but if I did tell them, you know, they could pick anyone, they're not going to choose Bad Bunny and they would never trade with me, right? And that's normal. I think that we give our attention away so much that if we don't focus it kind of in a general direction, we lose all sense of devotion and it can actually leave us feeling like a potato. I really think that, I really think that like, I'm not saying that you should only listen to one artist or like you should only practice one kind of yoga. What I'm saying is that you should be aware of all of the different places that your attention is going, who you're listening to, who you're following, what kind of news you're tuning into, what kinds of music. Yes, of course, what kinds of music with what kinds of messages are you tuning into? And attention is a form of currency. And that is why we're talking about this idea of devotion as well. Attention is absolutely a form of currency. It's super, super valuable. And the more we invest our attention in something, in some area, the more we grow in that area. And so really, really extreme examples of this are people who push the absolute edges of what humans are able to do. And someone that, or like some group that I really think of when I think about that is surfers. I think that surfers, and especially um, I had the chance to visit Nazare in Portugal, which is the home of the 100 foot waves. It's the biggest wave on earth that we know about at least. And surfers that surf there, I mean, you're literally arriving to such a level of excellence that it takes nearly all of your waking hours. And it's devotion to the level of them saying, I will go wherever this passion takes me. I will go wherever this this life of surfing takes me, even if it takes my life, because that is so entirely possible and, and they know it and they continue anyways. And so I'm not at all suggesting that we need to arrive at a level of, you know, throwing away all of our different things besides one hobby that we're going to dedicate the rest of our lives to. But look what happens. Okay, this is the key. What happens when people have that attitude, when they are so devoted to any given thing? What happens is magic. What happens is absolutely incredible. And so I actually have right here in my hand, I took a shell. I don't know if I'm supposed to take a shell. I'm sorry, but it's a little teeny, teeny piece of a broken shell. And it's so incredibly smooth. I have it here in my hands that it it's like a polished rock. And it's from Nazare. It's from the beach. And I took it because I feel like it's just so symbolic. It's been broken down and polished smooth by one of the most incredible forces of nature that I think we have access to. I mean, yes, there there are things with more energy like volcanoes, but for me, whatever reason, something about the water and seeing that hundred foot wave, if you've never if you've never seen it before, I encourage you, look it up. It's it's crazy. You might you might not sleep at night because it's pretty it's pretty scary. But the amount of pressure and just just 
I know that this piece of shell has been absolutely destroyed. And for that reason, I love it because it's still here. And it reminds me of the passion and the, devo- the devotion and the extremism, essentially, of these surfers. I think it's a powerful thing because it is sort of an energy that's contagious. And when you're around it or in the presence of someone who is on that level or so devoted to it, think about when you practice next to someone and you're trying to kind of keep your eyes on your own mat and yet you can't help but just marvel at the physical ability and the grace with which they are able to move the way that their breath is just almost like they're in ease. They're not even struggling, right? When you're in the presence of someone who has devoted an immense amount of time to learning something, to loving it through the good times and the bad times, it's absolutely inspiring. And so when I was on the beach in Nazareth, you guys might think I'm really crazy for this whole story, but this is really how my mind works, right? I was feeling off because, well, of course I was feeling off. I was taking all this time off and not having a normal schedule with even with my yoga and with my breath work. And so I decided that on the beach in Nazareth, I was going to do a Wim Hof session. So it's the breath work session. And I also was just thinking about how intense these surfers are. They can hold their breath for five minutes. I mean, probably minimum. And here I am, like, I I can't even do that. Like, I have these lungs recovering from asthma and still get asthma flare up sometimes. But the breath work has really helped me. And so anyways, I was just like, I'm going to channel the energy of these people. And I'm going to do this Wim Hof breath work. And as I was doing it, I was on the, the last round and holding my breath. And I didn't even notice it, but I was pushing a little bit further, I would say. I mean, just the sound of the waves. And I had in my mind that I was going to push myself. But I'm someone who gets really freaked out easily by, I would say by pain in general. I can push through things on a physical level, but if I'm feeling ever like I'm going to throw up or I'm going to pass out or anything like that, Um, I get really freaked out and I stop. So I don't, I don't consider myself extreme in that manner. But anyways, I didn't notice it. But the reason why I noticed that I had passed out at least partially was because the wave, like the sound was coming like helicopter sounds. It was like tug, 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 tug. Not because there was a, a helicopter, but because it was like intermittent what I was hearing of the roar of the waves, if that makes sense. And so it was like the, my hearing totally went and I it came back kind of like slowly. You know, if you stand up too fast, you can kind of get that sensation as well. But I had never like experienced that sort of pass out from holding my breath. Like I had never been able to push myself to that limit before. And I'm not saying like, oh, this is a good thing. I thought it was actually pretty hilarious considering that the first time I tried a Wim Hof breath work like a year and a half ago, I cried and was super (laughs) upset by the experience. And I'm laughing at myself now, but do know that in the time it was very serious to me. And I, 
I felt like a failure because I, I couldn't do this thing, you know? And so for me to realize in that moment, like, wow, I actually am much more extreme than I thought I am. And part of it has to do with the environment and the energy, in my opinion, that I was able to channel. So when I got up, I sat up and I was totally fine, of course. And then I looked behind me and I saw that the shell was underneath me, um, right kind of behind my heart space. And so that's why, that's why I took the shell and I have it here with me as a reminder of that. But it's really proof. Um, I think that devotion is proof that so much of what we do is a mental thing. It's the same with working out. I mean, working out can feel like heaven or hell. A yoga class can feel like heaven or hell, even a teaching style. And I think that some teachers who are really, really good, they can set a rhythm and they have kind of a style of speaking and sharing that almost puts you in this like trance-like state. And you have to trust them, of course, in order for this to happen. But you you can have so much more unity in not only with the class and the teacher, but in your experience with the exercise, if the right words are said at the right time. Um, and that can ultimately help you accomplish things that, again, like I said, that you didn't know that you were capable of. Being devoted to something, allowing yourself to actually be devoted to something, having enough mental energy and time and attention to put into and invest into something to make it something with which you are truly devoted, that will bring you success. I believe it. I've seen it. Um, it will bring you success not only in the thing with which you are devoted, but also in other areas of your life because I think it proves that if you can do it there and then, you can do it in other areas as well. And so often when something isn't going well for you or you're not feeling successful, and I have to remind myself of this all the time because there's a lot of times that I don't feel like I'm successful in different things that I'm doing or even in life in general, we have our days, right? Um, whenever you are feeling unsuccessful, it's not that you're not smart enough. It's not that you're not strong enough or not creative enough. It's that you're not focused enough. It's really that you're not focused enough. And the moment that you are devoted to an idea, so like let's take the example of the podcast, right? A promise to be faithful to it, to be one with it, not a separate form trying to come in and force it, but an ability to contemplate it, to know it so well that it becomes second nature to you. And it, it's not going to be immediately, right? There's going to be difficulty in the beginning, but even like right now, oh my gosh, when I started the podcast, I'll have to sit down, restart 10 times, read. Sometimes I will like write an extensive <laughs> script and have to read from that in parts because I just couldn't get the words flowing. And now I'm looking, I'm like, I better wrap this thing up. feels like it's been 15 minutes I've been talking to you and it's been 40. So it, it will become second nature to you. 
And I think when you get to that point, that's when some interesting things start happening. I mentioned at the beginning this idea of downloads. And so if you're unfamiliar, and I know there's a lot of different definitions and ideas around this, but downloads in my mind are those moments of clarity where you've been maybe sitting, like thinking about something, trying to force an idea or a solution, and you're just not able to do it. And then suddenly you're out, um, I don't know, walking around a park or taking a shower or driving in the car, and you have a flash of inspiration and you realize exactly what you're going to do. That's like a, a moment of a small download perhaps. And so with my my retreat, um, I would consider retreats to be something that I'm very much devoted to. Among the things that I am devoted to in my business, it's pretty much the podcast, the retreat, and coaching. It's it's nothing else, to be honest with you. Those are the things that I am all all in on, and I think when you you express and you act with that devotion towards those things that remember again getting back to the definition it's it's loyalty it's love and it's also enthusiasm when you feel that way about something someone some idea truly even if you are having the sense that it's not working or you're not making progress, even if you don't consciously move it along, something will move it along for you. I've experienced it and it's it's trippy. Like, um, for example, when I was in Madeira, which Madeira, by the way, small, small side note, the best place that I visited in the entire month, hands down. Look it up if you want to look it up. Maybe I'll have to do another episode because it's too much to get into right now, but absolutely phenomenal, magical. And I was having this fear or this kind of worry around the fact that I didn't know exactly what I wanted the theme to be at my retreat. I didn't know what, because I like to do um, talking points as well. It's not just yoga, of course. There's so much more there. And I had a nightmare that... I had planned absolutely nothing and that all of the retreat attendees were showing up and I just had to totally wing it. And so this nightmare is like my worst case scenario because I really do care so much about these experiences and I knew I was going to just do an eh job and I, I just, I despise eh, eh, like eh, so bad, yuck. But I had this massive nightmare and then I woke up the next day and I started journaling about it and just writing how it's it's kind of weighing heavy on my my head, but I knew I had to wait for the inspiration to arrive. And then, bam, you really will not believe it. My pen on the paper just did not stop moving for like the next 45 minutes. And I wrote out the entire plan of all of the key points that I wanted to talk about in the retreat and how I wanted to weave the themes in And then I set my book down and closed it and I felt incredibly refreshed. So call it whatever you want to call it, but that was a really cool experience for me. And that is something that I did not experience back like in college, for example, 
earlier on before I, I understood that sometimes like five minutes of clarity truly like getting yourself in a different state of mind can be worth more than you know 50 minutes sometimes like more than five hours of having a bad attitude trying to work on something right so that is my little example in terms of devotion downloads success inspiration and before I go I actually wanted to read something quite personal from my journal that I wrote because I like this space on the podcast and I want to keep it deep yeah deep I think is the word and be authentic real for you to actually have insight into how I'm feeling so I'm going to share a letter of I will call devotion to my dreams to the work that I'm doing here and yeah I might might be a little choppy as I read it because it's all scribbled into my journal and kind of crossed out, but here we go. I'm proud of having over 20 people travel across the world this year to spend five days training with me and practicing with me in my different retreats. I'm proud of having a best friend who is talented and also interested in yoga passion projects. I'm proud of having written and printed, officially finalized, a guided journal, my first work of art in printed form. I'm proud of guiding two souls for six months of coaching and several more for smaller segments. I'm proud of going for my fucking dreams and feeling like it's possible despite all odds. I'm proud of interviewing my idol and other genius teachers in my podcast. I'm proud of defying the physical limits of my practice, learning to press to handstand, losing the press, and learning again. I'm proud of myself for getting on that stage the first time I gave a speech and on my mat the first time I taught a class. And even when I have no stage to get on or hardly any students interested in listening or silence from the people who I just want to give me a chance, when my body hurts and my mind has gone static and tears fall, when I'm not making money and I've undervalued my worth, when I forget my dreams and feel like a failure, what I'm most proud of is my ability to say no, to say no to the part of myself that wants to quit. What I'm most proud of is my ability to reconnect with the piece of myself that dreamed about risking everything to be where I am today. What a privilege it is to try day after day until I get it right. Whew. So with that, I will leave you to contemplate this idea of devotion and maybe ask yourself right now, what am I currently devoted to? Is that aligned with what I want? Where do I want to be devoted, but I haven't had the energy or the attention to do so and see what might shift around there or see what might get amped up a level and if you made it all the way to the end of this episode send me a wave in honor of the Nazare surfers send me a wave emoji and as a reminder please pretty please rate my podcast share my podcast it helps me so much. It's your random act of kindness for the day. 
And if you do both of those things, let me know so I can send you, as always, your virtual high five, hug, pat on the back, whatever it is that you are needing. And I will see you in the next episode. Thanks for being here. Ciao, ciao.